Well, hello again. I'm back. <laughs> um, glad to be here again. One nervous last week, but really am this week, so somebody has not been praying. <laughs> anyway, um, we have a lot of information to cover um, tonight, and I, I want to go through it so that at the end, if you have questions and want to clarify some things, that we can do that. We'll, we'll, we can do that again next week, too, because that's going to be um, a little less... Um, filling in the blanks and teaching and more of a discussion of gifts and personalities and things like that that go together. But um, I did want to start, if everybody got um, the handout for tonight, and then there's, if you didn't get a spiritual gifts test last week, there's some more back there. There's some in the front office. There's some in my office. Um, And some of you have already taken, I've already heard people who don't like their gifts. Sorry, I hate that. And one of them was a gift I had, and I happened to love it myself. <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll get started. Um, spiritual gifts, um, what we talked about last week explains um, spiritual gifts in the um, biblical aspect, which is how it should be explained. But we talked more about the scripture and how it's described, what spiritual gifts are for, and, and, and how and when and why they're delivered to the body of Christ. What we're going to talk about tonight is, um, is, is the best way I know how to organize the thought process of how gifts are used. It's, uh, it, doesn't, it does come out of Scripture, but um, it also comes out of a couple of books that I've read over the years that kind of help me. Things have to follow for me. I'm a very linear thinker, and things have to follow a very orderly process. So hopefully um, this will help you, too. Um, spiritual gifts are divided into um, three categories for, for the discussion that we're going to have tonight. And you'll see how um, we move on, um, how they're divided. The three categories are manifestation gifts, ministry gifts, and motivational gifts. The first um, division that we're going to cover kind of quickly um, are manifestation gifts. And this is, um, goes back to the verse that we talked about in Corinthians. The word for gifts in this passage in Scripture, uh, I'm not Greek, and I've never been a Greek scholar, but I think it's phenerosis is how it's pronounced. But it means an exhibition, an expression, or a manifestation. And these gifts, um, I'm going to give a quick explanation of these four gifts And then we'll talk about uh, three of them, actually. And then we'll talk about the other one in a little more detail later. These gifts are gifts that you can't see readily. If you have the gift of faith, I can't tell that unless it manifests itself through some other gift or some other process that you you go through um, as a member of the body of Christ. Um, If you have the gift of wisdom, I, I can't see that unless it manifests itself through uh, another one of your gifts or some other way that you deliver um, information to the body of Christ. Wisdom um, is, uh, this test that you took gives one of the best uh, definitions. It's a special ability to use knowledge effectively coupled with a reverential awe of God. Um, You know when a person has wisdom when you talk to them. You can talk to me for about 20 minutes and know that I ain't got a lick of it. Um, my husband is very gifted um, in wisdom and has been ever since I've known him. 
Um, <clears throat> knowledge we'll talk about a little more in depth later. <clears throat> um, well, so we'll skip that. Faith is um, the ability to hold on to the truth uh, and of, of what Scripture says and who God says he is forever, no matter what the situation. Now, it makes perfect sense to me because my faith lasts about 20 minutes. If I don't get what I want or I don't, I don't understand why it's not going that way, then I just give up. <clears throat> and I have to be slapped around a little bit and, you know, encouraged and talked to. And my husband has faith. That's another one of his gifts. He's a very gifted man. Plus, it's a little hard. <laughs> That's why he had to have all of them in order to live with me for 21 years. But um, that people who have the gift of faith never waver. I mean, you, sometimes you just think they're sick in the head because they're not upset and they don't worry. And the, it's because they trust that God is who he says he is all the time. The gift of prophecy. We are um, blessed as a church to have a lot of teachers um, in our midst who, who happen to possess the gift of prophecy. It's the ability um, to take the word of God and um, preach it with great clarity um, and, and it's pretty self-explanatory when you know that Jimmy Young possesses this gift. He can take the Word of God, and he can preach it and teach it so that it's very clear and very uh, easy to understand. <clears throat> um, Jimmy has it. Jim Umloff has it. Randy Ray has it. If you know Brent Harriman, he had it. B.J. Odie also possessed it. It's very rare in a church to find that many people who possess that gift in a t- in, and are in a teaching capacity. Um, all right. So that's enough about the manifestation gifts. Everybody get the idea that they sort of kind of come up to the surface through other gifts. The next um, division or category of gifts is ministry gifts. And we see these in Ephesians 4. And the word uh, that's used for gifts here in the Greek is domas. Uh, The literal meaning is presence. These gifts are given to people in the body of Christ for one purpose, and it, we see it in verse 11 through 13 in Ephesians. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity and faith and in the knowledge and the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. <clears throat> These gifts which they just listed in the in the passage <clears throat> excuse me of scripture are an apostle prophet evangelist shepherd and teacher they're not titles a lot of um we don't necessarily take them on like that but a lot of um churches belief systems do um give those titles to people that are on staff or um work for the church they're not titles they're gifts that are given to um Usually, people who are called into the actual ministry in the church um, to equip other members of the body of Christ. Um, I have always felt like um, that was the reason God called me to do what I do. I've always used the word equipper to describe myself and my gifts and what I do. I'm not. I'm not a mentor. I can't mentor worth a flip. Um, I'm not a great, um, I'm not, I'm not a great teacher. Um, and 
it's just the things that I, I love to do, the things that I'm passionate about is taking these tools and giving them to people so that they can do what it is they're good at. Um, I, I described myself one time, there's, uh, it's like going mountain climbing. You know, there are some people who really are good at taking people up to the mountain and showing them how to set up tents and re reaching the top and then bringing them back down. No, that's not me. I'm down there in the in the warm cabin with all the supplies, and I'm when you come in, I'm going to say this is what you need for the journey, and this is what you need for the journey, and this is what you need for the journey, and this is what you need, and then I'm going to send you off with somebody else to go climb that mountain because I'm not going out there. I can't stand being cold, but but that's kind of the way these gifts work. They're they're meant to serve inside the body of Christ to equip you to maturity so that you can move um, on to using your gifts to reach an unchurched world. Does that make sense? Shake your head like that. Good. Okay. Now, the, the, the biggest part of what we're going to talk about tonight, hopefully able to ask questions, is motivational gifts. In Romans 12, 6 through 8, the word gifts is translated charisma. And this, these gifts are given to the body of Christ as as um, possessions, you own these. These are yours. No one can take them away from you. Um, and in many ways, you'll hopefully you'll see between this week and next week, a lot of your spiritual gifts shape your personality, um, help contribute to uh, the way you do things, the why you do things, how you respond to things. Um, <clears throat> the next step in motivational gifts is um, to help, again, with what I call the, my, my way of thinking, is we're going to take 16 gifts uh, and compress them down into seven areas. And we're going to compare those with what I call the body concept, compare them to parts of the body, so that it helps you see how the body must function together um, in order to uh, work properly and do, do the things that it's really called to do. But I'm gonna, we're going to go over these uh, on a, in the list so that you can write them down, and then we're going to discuss them hopefully at length. Um, the first gifts, um, I call them perceivers. The, the test calls it discernment, same thing. Very perceptive people, very discerning, very interesting gift. The next one, these gifts I kind of push together, uh, heap together, because they're very, very similar, but we'll talk about their differences, is the gift of service helps hospitality. Teacher and knowledge, very different gifts, but all, both deal with um, the mind. The gift of exhortation and the gift of evangelism, again, very different gifts, but they're very verbal gifts. Usually people uh, with the gift of exhortation and evangelism tend to be... <clears throat> Very verbal. Uh, the gift of giving pretty much stands alone. We'll talk about that more. Administration and leadership. Um, again, most people think of those two things together. They're both very different, but they are um, sort of uh, in that same area of care for the body. They both help organize and move the body forward. And then finally, these are kind of heaped together. Compassion and mercy are the same thing. I just, compassion describes it better for me. 
uh, because I have none, and then um, shepherding, which we, we, we covered that last week, um, my lack of compassion. Um, here's two, two interesting things um, that I think you should know. The first one is kind of a word of warning. N- none of the gifts, although some belief systems do, and churches do teach that certain gifts are of more value to the body of Christ than others, and they're not. Um, they're all of equal value. They all have a place. They all have a job to do. Um, no one should think their gift is better than anyone else's. Um, in fact, there's a whole bunch out there that I wish I had that I don't, that I value more than my own. Um, but they all have equal value, so don't let anybody tell you. I will say this. Um, those of you, those that are listed in, uh, as um, ministry gifts, uh, you're held to higher account for those gifts than anyone else. Teaching, evangelism. Uh, all those on that list, the scripture tells us that your job is to equip the body. And, and because of that, you are held to account to do that at a higher standard than anyone else. So, woe be unto you. <laughs> um, this is very interesting, I thought, when I came across it. And it's not a scientific study, but um, these are the percentages of how these gifts kind of fall out in um, the body of Christ. They're not in order. Again, I'm not totally linear. Um, (laughs) But uh, the gifts of service, helps, and hospitality um, account for about 15% uh, distribution in the body of Christ. Teaching and knowledge, about 7%, not a high number. Exhortation um, is a good-sized number. It's 15% because we all need encouragement. Um, and this is my favorite. Um, mercy and compassion and shepherding is the, high, the gift that's given to the most members of the body of Christ. Why do you think that is? Because we need it. We need it bad. There are, I mean, even just uh, this week, we have, we have hit the spectrum of, of everything from um, having to... to bury a 19-year-old young man that uh, is a member of our church to the birth of a brand-new baby. And compassion and mercy is just the thing that was so desperately needed here all weekend and all week, and and it was so graciously given by those people who have that gift. I I even mustered it. You know, I mean, it it comes when when you need it. But um, I just think that is it's just... Another look at, at God's perfect design for the body of Christ is that so many people have that gift. The uh, discernment, kind of a small number. Ten percent of the body has the gift of discernment, um, uh, an amazing gift, I think. Um, then administration and leadership, 12 percent. Not everybody's a leader. Um, not everybody's an administrator. Can't nobody, not everybody's organized. Um, giving, another interesting fact about giving. Um, giving really relates to um, finances and money. I, I, I don't believe that's all it relates to, but, but um, that's the largest portion of what the gift does. People who are given uh, large amounts of money, um, make good amounts of money, can, can manage it, and in turn give it away. For most of us, the more we make, 
the more we want to keep. Um, that's just the way we're built. People who have the gift of giving are uniquely built to want to give more and more and more away. And it's a unique gift, but it's also given to the smallest number of people in the body because money's hard to handle. I can speak for that personally. I can spend it like the Dickens, especially around here. I just love using up my budget. Just ask the elders. They'll tell you. <laughs> um, I've been really good, though, these last couple of years, and uh, it's just amazing. Um, anyway, um, now what we're going to do is go um, to that. You can turn to that last page in your handout. Hopefully we've a- answered all those questions. And we're going to talk about um, how the gifts relate to parts of the body. And this, again, I'm a visual learner. This works really good for me. Hope it works well for you. Hmm? Um, you're missing the last sheet? Uh, you, you'll have to fill everything in. I, all I did was give you a body. So, um, Another interesting thing that I've learned about spiritual gifts is that there are two major divisions in the motivational gifts, and that is those that fall above the shoulders and those that fall below the shoulders. People who have the gifts that fall above the line or, or come above the line are usually very verbal very articulate, um, think fast on their feet. Uh, They're usually very good students in school, um, usually study well, learn well, fast learners. Um, And you'll see how these gifts correlate to this fact um, as you move, uh, as we move through this. People who have children, this is very important when you're raising your children too, is if you have, I have one daughter whose gifts fall above the line, and I have a son whose gifts fall below the line. She will talk your ears off, just like her mother. And my son, it's like pulling teeth, can talk about anything. And you'll see, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later. But children in school uh, who have speaking gifts and are very verbal, very articulate, are going to perform well in a school environment, in a structured environment. They're going to be A, B students. Students whose primary gifts fall below the line are probably going to be CB students because they don't possess those traits that make them verbal, fast thinking, you know, all that stuff um, for those gifts. So let's move on to the first gift. First body part is the head or the brains uh, of the body. Two gifts, the gift of teaching and the gift of knowledge, very different gifts. The gift of knowledge um, is my, well, actually, both of these tie for second place for me. Um, Leadership is my primary gift. The gift of teaching and knowledge. Knowledge is the ability to gather lots and lots and lots of information and store it and recall it after long periods of time. Now, the older I get, the worse I get at it, but... um, School came really easy for me as a kid. Um, I didn't perform as well as I should have, but uh, my mother always said, if you apply yourself, you'd do better. Uh, well, this wasn't fun to apply myself, so I didn't. But I, you could, I could sit in a lecture, write, take a few notes, and remember everything that was said in the classroom and go and take a test and do fine. 
Um, I didn't know what that was for a long time until I studied spiritual gifts, and it's the gift of knowledge. Jimmy has the gift of knowledge that man can remember stuff he's read years ago and recall it. Um, and if you have that gift, you know what I'm talking about. Is anybody who in here has the gift of knowledge? Now, here's a word of warning. Somebody said they didn't like the, that, that gift, having that gift because one of the tendencies of the pe- people who have the gift of knowledge is that that knowledge can puff you up. It can make you very arrogant. And it, it is a battle to try to, to not be that way if you have that gift. You have to be aware that that's a downside. Every gift has a weakness. So that's not the only one. And I'll try to, if I can remember them, I'll try to tell you what those are as we go along. So knowledge is the ability to gather, store, and recall information over uh, periods, periods of years. You love to read. You love to ask questions. If you have a child who loves to ask questions, wants to know how something works, how something you fix something, how to put something together, why is that like that? You probably have a child that has the gift of knowledge. They're gathering information all the time. The gift of teaching is the ability to take something very difficult and make it simple. And to do it, hopefully, rather interestingly. Some people are better teachers than others. Um, Some people have different ways of of delivering depending on their gift mix. But teachers um, are very good at meeting the needs of those that they're teaching at whatever level that they're teaching. I will tell you that there's not a thing in Scripture that kids cannot learn if you teach it to them right. There are children in first grade in this church who know what justification is, and they know what glorification is, and they know what sanctification is. Um, They know about the Lord's Supper. They can learn anything if you teach it to them right. And that's the challenge of teaching is being able to speak the language of whoever it is you're teaching. Another word of warning, you do not have to be a teacher. Of course, this is coming from the children's minister. (coughs) To teach. I even have people who've been teachers for years who don't have the teaching gift in, in public schools. Um, one of we have thousands, not thousands, but we have lots of great teachers in Amazing Graceland, and um, <clears throat> some of them have the gift of teaching, some of them don't. One, one of the best teachers we ever had, he uh, is Rick Moore, doesn't doesn't have a stick of teaching gift. He taught fourth grade boys for four or five years, didn't he? Has a gift of evangelism, administration, and faith. He was driven, compelled to teach those boys the truth of God so that their souls might come to know Christ. Driven every Sunday to do that. And those kids loved it. And, and he'd still be doing it today if we hadn't taken him and put him on the compass um, team. And told him, I told him he couldn't do both, so he had to give one up. Um, that sounded like I, I fired him or something, doesn't it? <laughs> I, did, I didn't. It's too much to do to do both. So, and we really needed him on the compass team. So, um, but that's a, that's teaching. You can have great combinations of gifts: gift of mercy and shepherding, make a great teacher. Um, let's move on to the next two body parts. This, this gift fascinates me because I, I don't own it. 
um, is the gift of discernment. These are the eyes of the body. Discernment, people who have the gift of discernment see everything as black and white, right and wrong, good and evil. There are no gray areas for these people, especially if they have this in great quantity. Um, they t- when they walk into a room or any situation, any classroom, any situation, what they see is the black and white, the good and evil. Now, we live in a fallen world, so guess what they see the most of? Evil. Downside of the gift of discernment tend to be, appear to be very negative. Always see the bad side of things. Why is that? Because that's what they see. I used to tell my husband, I said, you are, which is another one of his, this is really his primary gift, everything. Just, I, I said, you're so negative. And he said, I am not negative. I'm just a realist. I was like, no, you're negative. If you have a child who has the gift of discernment, you have to train them not to be negative. You have to help them understand their gift and why they have it and that they can't that they're, while they do see it that way, they can't communicate it that way. People who have the gift of discernment and tend to be a little controlling see it and they want to fix it. And they're going to tell everybody what's wrong with them. That's not your job. <laughs> Somebody has that. <laughs> um, your job, the primary job of a perceiver in the body of Christ is to pray. You see it. You've identified it as a problem. You see where the enemy is working. You can't do a stinking thing about it. You pray. You go to your knees and you pray and you ask God to fix it. Children with a gift of perception tend to be very isolated children by choice. Every kid they come in contact with is going to have a flaw. They usually have one friend. They stick with that friend usually throughout their life. They grow up, if they grow up with them, they're always their friends. Um, don't try to force friends on them because they see things that you don't see. And if they don't want to be around them, they pretty much probably know why. Um, I've heard some stories about that. Um, the other interesting thing about the gift of discernment is that people with this gift have an innate sense of integrity. And I realize we all live in a fallen world, and that's, um, but. Because they know right and wrong, and it's so black and white, they have this sense of what is right, and they will not violate it, um, which is a really nice gift to have. They just will not violate it. They can't, really. My daughter did it once when she was 12 years old. I thought we were going to have to put her in Lakeside. She just, she was hysterical. And to my knowledge, she's never done it again. Um, The mouth of the body. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I give my son, well, the interesting thing is that with my daughter, who is 19, she developed it early on in, in life. I, we saw it very early in her life. My son has it, and he's, it's just kind of come to the surface in the last couple of years and really blossomed in high school. Thank goodness. Um, 
the mouth of the body is the exhorter, the person who has the gift of exhortation. Everybody knows who has the gift of exhortation because we love being around these people. They're the cheerleaders for the body. Oh, you're just doing great. Harry Stuber is one of the best exhorters. You, you want him around all the time. People that cheerlead for you encourage you. Donna Pierce encourages me all the time. Gal Maya encourages me all the time. I don't know if y'all have the gift, but y'all do encourage me all the time. Um, <clears throat> Janet, you have it, don't you? Yeah, Janet Turner has it. She's always cheerleading for people. She should have a little skirt and a pom-pom. But but they're the mouth of the body. And you see, these are all verbal gifts. You understand that? Doesn't that make sense? Let's move on. Now, here's where the line, um, uh, the last one above the line, is the shoulders of the body, the gift of administration and the gift of leadership. Administration and leadership are two totally different things, but they do bear the weight of a lot of what goes on at the church. An administrator is someone who is very organized, very orderly, good at planning, um, and good at carrying things out. The key point of an administrator is they can maintain that order for a long, long, long time. Crystal Sweeta, who works for me. Unbelievable woman. I, I don't know what I'd do without her because she thinks for me most of the time, <laughs> makes notes of all the things that I have to do. But Crystal, is, it's her primary gift. She can administrate till Jesus comes back, and she probably will. But she's so good at it. She keeps order all the time. My primary gift is leadership. Leadership uh, is your People who in the gift of leadership in the body of Christ get um, visions, and that sounds real mystical, but it's not. But God gives you a picture of a desired end, and, and you can see down the road what it should look like. For example, 12 years ago, how old were we as a church? 14 years I'd say 12 years ago, we met with a group of teachers, Donna Pierce and I and Ramona Smith, with a group of our teachers with a planning meeting because God had given me a a vision of what Amazing Graceland should look like. And what we have today is a a result of what that vision was and and all the people that helped carry that out. It's just an amazing thing to watch. And I didn't even know I had the gift, but it was just I knew what he was telling me we needed to do, where we needed to go, and, and what needed to be done. And we started down that road, and after five years, we had another vision, and we just kept moving. Um, and, and that's the gift of leadership, the ability to see that and to motivate people to follow you and buy into the vision and, and move ahead. That's leadership. I can organize and plan for about that long to get you from point A to point B, and then I've got to regroup. I cannot maintain at all. Can I, Donna? (laughs) I count on people like Crystal and Jane Scanlon and um, Michelle Shaw to keep the maintenance going on everything that we do. They're the maintainers. Does that make sense? I'll have to hurry. I don't want to hurry. We can talk more about more of it next week. I just hate to leave you all hanging, especially if you're on the lower part of the body. Uh, <clears throat> oh, 
I forgot about the heart. Now we move below the line. The gifts of compassion and mercy and shepherding. Compassion and mercy are, are the same gift. People who are merciful. Richard Hall. Who do you want when you go in the hospital? Who do you want praying for you when you're feeling bad? Who do you want to put their arm around you and tell you that they love you more than Richard Hall? I mean, the man is just a saint in my book. because Just because he worked with me. But um, he is just the most merciful, dearest person. Um, he's also a shepherd. A shepherd cares for, nurtures, looks after the flock. They're not a leader. They're a caregiver. They take care of a group of people. Pastor, I think a lot of people refer to it as the gift of being a pastor. Um, the arm. Giving, um, we talked about, is, it, is the ability to give to the body of Christ financially. And I really don't think you have to have a lot of money. I just think you have to know, you have to have this. My dad has this gift. And, and he loves to give to see how much more he can give um, when he does give. And he's had it all my life. And it's a great, and there's a lot of people at Grace Event that have this, I think, um, considering it's a small gift. But, but they love to give. They don't just give, you know, their tie. They want to see how much more that they can give and take care of things in the body of Christ. They also generally do it very quietly. The downside of the giving gift is that they liked, they can like to control where the money that they give goes, and that can be a problem. Um, they have to learn to give it and trust that God will take care of it from that point on. That's the downside of that one. Hands uh, of the body are the gifts of service. Best example I can give you is my sister who lives in a small town in Mississippi. She will cook dinner for anybody in that town that's sick and take it to them. She will... She, she hates funerals, so she goes to the house and cleans the house, takes care of the kids, and fixes the dinner when somebody is, has to go to a funeral. You could, I would rather cut off my right arm than have to cook a meal and take it to somebody. Now, that is terrible to say, but it's the truth. How many of you feel that way? Raise your hands. <laughs> but you know what? I do not own the gift of service. I don't. I, I, it's not in me. It is work to do that. But people who have the gift of service love doing that. They are great with their hands. They're good at putting things together. They're good at, and they're usually very quiet about it. Y'all know Dale Lively? Dale does more at this church than you can possibly ever imagine. He, his number one gift is a gift of service. And he does it. Likes doing it. Got a great job because he has the gift of service. Greg Rogers sitting back there. Quiet does more than you would possibly imagine around here. Very quietly, but that's his gift, and he loves doing it. Um, If you have the gift of service, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then the final gift, as I go over my time, is um, the feet of the body, and that's the evangelist. Go and tell. We're all required to be evangelists, to do the work of an evangelist. But if you ever met an evangelist, um, Will Savelle, who is our newest staff member, is an evangelist. These people have a passion, a compulsion for the lost. I've seen evangelists weep over lost souls. You ever wept over a lost soul? 
I haven't. But they do, and they feel the burden all the time for the lost. And they go and they tell. And while we're required to do that, too, um, it, it's just, if you ever know an evangelist, Tom Jordan is an evangelist. Mr. Newsom over there is an evangelist. These people want to go tell people about Christ all the time. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um, the service child always wants to help you in the kitchen when you're cooking dinner. And you're like, please, just let me do this. you got to let them. They're the kids that the teachers go, he is so sweet and helpful. He just he does anything I ask him to do. They're usually very quiet, especially if these are their primary gifts. They're quiet um, children. Um, hospitality, that's a little hard to identify young even evangelism is hard to identify young but you'll have kids who worry about their friends that they know are not christians pray for them every night talk to them about jesus talk to them about going to their church you probably got an evangelist on your hands um giving the best description for giving it can also be look like compassion and mercy is they'll give anything they have away their toys their clothes, you, um, anything like that. They're very um, giving. Um, shepherding can look like uh, they're going to take care of all their brothers and sisters or any little group that they have. Does that help? All right. Well, I've gone over my time. Um, but next week, um, I really want y'all. I want you to take this information, go back and look at your gifts again, or take the test if you haven't taken it. And I really want to um, kind of have more of a question-answer discussion kind of thing next week so that you get the opportunity to ask a lot of questions, because I'm sure you do have them. Uh, does anybody have one I can answer tonight, and then I'll make it an even five minutes over? Yeah. Where would you the gift of It's going it's to show itself through any of these gifts. Um, faith is, it just depends on your other gift mix as to whether you're verbal about your faith or if it's something very quiet. My husband's gifts, with the exception of discernment, fall below the, below the line. Some of you don't even know I'm married and have a husband because he's, he's such a low profile. He loves it that way. But, but he's a very quiet, very behind the scenes. Bless his little heart. He's a saint, um, if you know him. Um, but it, it's going to manifest itself through any of these kind of gifts. Same thing with wisdom. You might be more verbal with it if you have gifts that are above the line. Does that make sense? Anything else? Okay, y'all write your questions down because we want to answer them next week. Let me close this in prayer. Father, we um, just thank you so much for this time together. We thank you that um, you have gifted us, Lord. Um, not only have you gifted us, but you took each one of us individually and picked specific gifts and specific personalities for what it was you wanted us to do in the body of Christ. I pray, Father, that you would stir the hearts of everyone here, that you would give them the compulsion to use their gifts for this covenant family. Father, we lift up the Shea family to you tonight again. Um, we just pray for your grace 
and your comfort. You tell us that your grace is sufficient for all that we need, and we pray that you would just give them an abundance of grace um, tonight and all this week as they struggle with this tragedy. Go with us. Um, give us peace, Father, and bring us back next week um, with ears that, he, that want to hear and hearts that long to know you better. And we ask these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.